Welcome inside the newsroom. My name is Kelsey Bradshaw and I'm the news editor at the University Star. Today I'm here with Nicole Barrios, the assistant news editor. Renaldo Leanos Jr., the news director at KTSW 89.9. And I'm Tara Pulmar, one of the assistant news directors at KTSW 89.9. All right, as usual, it was a pretty exciting week for news. I don't think there's ever a week I'm going to be able to say like, oh, this week was lame. <laughs> we didn't do happened. anything. It was so boring. Exciting, busy, busy, busy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Usually very, very busy, yes. Busy. And this past week we had two debates and I had a good time. The debates were fun. We had a mayoral and city council debate on Monday night, and on Wednesday night, we had the political organizations on campus come and join us for a debate as well, and things got pretty heated. Yeah, this week was super busy for all of us. We were both um, involved in planning and co-hosting the debates. Monday, um, we held our debate for the mayor and city council candidates at the LBJ Museum in the Square, and um, we had a videographer there, and and that'll be up online, and everybody was just engaged and really um, active in the debate, and I was really glad to see all the candidates there except for Wayne Bishak. I know he had a prior engagement, but um, I think we all had a great time, and we were all pretty involved. Ray and I were co-moderators, and Tara handled um, questions from the audience on Twitter. I was in charge of the thermostat. Yes, Kelsey was (laughs) monitoring the thermostat, so didn't mess up our recording sound, but um, how did you guys like the debates? I mean, I I, per- I really enjoyed it. I mean, I got off the phone a while ago um, after an interview with Patrick Montgomery, and he was just commending us, basically, for having a debate like that because we brought up student questions and, like, the students, what role they play in elections and what role they play with the community. And those were questions that hadn't previously been asked in, like, other debates. So he really commended us as, like, really gearing it towards that, and he felt like he had a really strong connection with the student vote. So it was good to hear that, that we offered something different from everyone else. Like, we didn't really try to copy anybody else. So I re- that was I-, I was happy to hear that. For sure. I, I really like that we took questions from Twitter because I felt like it gave students not animosity, I guess, because everybody mm-hmm. can see when they post it, but we didn't say, like, so-and-so from Twitter has. We just said a question from Twitter and then said the question. So I feel like students and community members were almost more likely to ask, like, the probing questions, the questions that, you know, maybe they didn't want to stand up and say, but they felt empowered enough on social media to say that. And so I thought that was really unique about the debate that we did take questions from Twitter. Yeah. And then I know for the debate on Wednesday night, Twitter was blowing up all night. <laughs> it was. It was I was monitoring house. it on TweetDeck and it was just <laughs> it was a lot of star debate, 14 hashtags and everyone was live tweeting and asking questions. And that's always really exciting to see. Yeah, Wednesday night we had our um, debate with the campus political organizations featuring the College Democrats, College Republicans, and the Young Americans for Liberty. And that was at the UAC. And um, it was a packed house. Everybody showed up, a bunch of students and a bunch of the representatives from the organizations and a lot of our, our reporters and um, everybody was really engaged, really excited. The crowd got rowdy at times, <laughs> which was, you know, fun to see, <laughs> just and see the engagement and everybody really um, taking to the questions and the issues. And the people answering the questions, they were extremely opinionated and very, yeah, like, ext- yeah. they were so interesting. Yeah. Um, they definitely spoke their mind and um, expressed their views. And what I really liked about um, about the debate was the challenges, how they were able to directly challenge one another. Um, that was really interesting to see. 
And it was cool, too, because you could tell before the debate started, the audience was very like, all right, here we go. Like, I'm ready to hear some opinions. Let's do the things. And they were really excited. And I was excited. I was not in charge of the thermostat, but it's okay. No. I was in <laughs> charge I'm, of Twitter. Yeah, I'm glad this is an annual thing that we do because I think it fosters, like, a really healthy discussion between every, like, student organization on campus. And everybody had a lot of fun. And it allows the student orgs to interact with each other as well, which is really great. I think one of the comments was like, "Thank you for hosting this because we're able to faci- you're able to facilitate this yeah. for us. You're able to facilitate a conversation for us." And then um, with us this week is guest star John Wilcox. Um, I'm surprised we were able to tie him down. He's really you know super famous here at the University Star. He's a news reporter. He worked on a story this week about ancient burial grounds in San Marcos. Well, hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, well, when I first got this story from Kelsey, I was like, uh, Native American burial ground, heck yeah. I'm a <laughs> huge fan of the movie Poltergeist, so I jumped on that one. Uh, well, the first person I talked to was uh, Todd Allman in the archaeology department here at the university, and he uh, he told me that actually in San, Mar- San Marcos, uh, this is the w- considered the largest continually habited area in North America with uh, human artifacts found 13,000 years ago. So I thought that Jesus. was fascinating. Yeah, that's a really long time ago. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so basically there are, there are artifacts all over San Marcos and especially by the river, which is where the uh, Woodlands property, the property that I uh, looked at in question in my story, is uh, located by the river. And uh, so next I talked with this uh, community activist. Her name was Lisa Copaletta, and she gave me some interesting documents, some internal letters from the development company and an environment survey company, which uh, pointed out some very interesting points. Um, And she had also told me that uh, lots of other people in the past, over the past 5, 10, 15 years, they had found like tons and tons of artifacts out there, like arrowheads, spear points, even uh, someone found part of a mastodon jawbone. And I thought that was really, really neat. So, uh, but although I, I didn't find any um, uh, complete confirmation of, a, of an ancient Native American burial ground out there, but uh, it seems to me that there's kind of like an urban legend in San Marcos. And I even talked to this lady at a gas station right across from the development project, and she had mentioned that she had heard rumors that there were there was an ancient Indian burial ground when she was a kid. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, Do you think, um, I guess, like people in the area, like surrounding that, know about that area, or...? Yeah, like I said, like it seems to be kind of like an urban legend in San Marcos. But also, uh, when the city council decided in on January seventh of this year to uh, go forward with that development project, uh, I think like two hundred, maybe three hundred people came out to demonstrate that and to protest against that decision. Wow. That's cool. Very, It's nice and spooky. I know Halloween's coming yeah. up, so that'll be interesting to see how that eventually plays out. So thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for bringing thanks us for this really me. cool story. I enjoyed it. I did, too. Thanks so yeah. much. And then I know this week Robert from KTSW is working on a story about the Redwood community. Yes, one of our reporters, Robert, um, he went out and visited this community and visited with some of the leaders within the community, especially at the Redwood Baptist Church and kind of talked about how the area is a lower-income area. Um, in San Marcos schools, however, I mean, San Marcos itself is kind of has a low-income area. I know around 70%, I think, of students 
on. 72% of students in the school district are on free reduced lunch and they're impoverished. Definitely. So, I mean, this isn't just in Redwood, but Redwood is kind of this area where it, there's kind of a question mark over it. It's not actually in Hayes County. It's actually in Guadalupe County. So because it still is in our school district, St. Marcus does still offer a lot of aid over there, though. So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, and Robert, I mean, what he focused also his story on, which is, like, what kind of programs were they implementing to, like, I guess, help the area as well in terms of, like, meals. And, I mean, over the summer, I was able to visit the area and... I kind of focused on like also what the Redwood Baptist Church was doing, and they they were doing some sort of like meal program over the summer to help um, feed these families, basically. Yeah, I know um, the Redwood Baptist Church coordinates with the school district, and they have this um, mobile meals purple bus program during the summer, and they provide free meals to students who otherwise wouldn't have any, um, and sometimes that's the only meal that they get all day because you know their families aren't able to always provide during the summer. And I know that the the weekend program helps with that as well. And so they did carry the weekend program into the school year. And so what happens is the students who are on free or reduced lunch get like a brown bag to take home, and it's got healthy snacks. It's it's basically got kind of like little snacks and stuff to get them through the weekend till they can come back to school for those meals. And I know I grew up in a pretty impoverished area, and so. Everybody was on free lunch. We didn't even have reduced lunch. It was just all free. You know, we got our ticket when we went in line, and we had to put our ticket in the bucket so they could count how many people ate that day. And, I mean, it was always kind of, like, normal for me. Yeah, it wasn't until, like, college or I moved up, I guess, a little bit more north, I guess, that I I realized that it wasn't a common thing. Or, you know, I thought it was, like, Mm -hmm. it was normalcy in my life, you know. I didn't know that people actually paid for their lunch. So that was kind of, it was really interesting coming to college and, like, learning that from, like, other people and stuff. Yeah, and I know my school district district in Austin, um, there was a bunch of hoops to jump through to even qualify for free reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of paperwork you had to provide. So I think it's good that the school district in San Marcos is doing that for their students. I think San Marcos is just a helping community in general, Mm -hmm. but... And then moving on to the quotes of the week, I feel like we need a jingle for quotes of the week, like quotes of the week, and then like do do do. Anyway, I'm all for we've that. Got a quote from Patrick Montgomery. Yeah, um, we we've been I'm doing election profiles on all the candidates for like city council and the mayoral candidates, and the most recent one was with Patrick Montgomery, and I like the quote that says, um, "Because the economy is." one-dimensional right now on being driven by the university's growth. Developers are keen on the aspect of being only of economic growth in town. So what they're doing is going into existing neighborhoods and buying up property in those existing neighborhoods and getting the council to convert residential zoning into multifamily so that they are able to build these by the bedroom properties. And the reason why that kind of like just appeals to me is just because the whole conversation of like students is kind of like dragged into this, you know, because of... um because of um, students and like apartment style living and community members not being completely happy with that. So it was just a quote that stuck out to me. And then our quote of the week this week comes from a story one of our reporters, Houston York, did. It's about the co-owner and manager of the Hookah Lounge here in San Marcos. His name is Malad Jawad, and he was born and raised in Althura, which is a public housing district in Baghdad. And he was 14 when the invasion of Iraq began. And he made his way to San Marcos, to the United States, and we did a cool feature story on him. And his quote was, when you come to a country and they will help you more than your native country, you should love that country. America is my home now. And we just thought that was really sweet. His story, Mm -hmm. I think, is really special. So 
we just that's why it's we picked definitely that one. touching and then coming up next week as usual we've got some exciting things going on purgatory creek is looking for some uh, expansion yes they are and so the parks and rec board has kind of had their eyes on this property for quite some time but it's going before the city council next wednesday night during their meeting and so they're going to vote on whether or not to approve the purchase of this almost 90 acres addition additional land for the purgatory creek park which is really cool um it does amount to about 1.2 million dollars but the city would not be footing all of that there'd be a lot of other people with kind of their hands in it the county parks and wildlife and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to look into seeing how it's going to affect endangered species if we're going to get some new trails out of it could be exciting yeah definitely a thing to watch and this coming tuesday night november 4th is election night i know all of us are really excited with the debates and all the campaigning going on in the quad and i know tara just voted so we're all (laughs) about to vote i've got Um, my sticker on yeah (laughs) there's going to be a bunch of watch parties we're going to have our reporters stationed at and um on election night at george's there's going to be free pizza while they watch the news coverage of the polls and KTSW will also be at George's with the Political Science Department hosting live election night updates, which you can tune into on 89.9 starting at 7 p.m. Very nice. Very cool, you guys. Uh, so thanks for joining us this week on Inside the Newsroom. Be sure to look for us every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the University Stars website. Leave any questions or comments on the Stars website or tweet at us using the hashtag NewsroomTXST. And don't forget to pick up the University Star and listen to KTSW every week. <laughs>